Welcome back to Podcast Radio. I'm Andy. I'm Joe. And the question for this Halloween episode is, would you rather get bitten by a vampire, zombie, or a werewolf? Vampire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the negatives on the werewolf and zombie? Because I don't want to be like Harry. (laughs) <laughs> and, stink. and then the zombie well obvious i don't want to be uh, a brain eater mm-hmm. when people like me shoot me yeah that's what i thought I, definitely not a zombie because then you, you don't even have a personality and you're just rotting away eventually you'd just be like in the field of bones half right? the society yeah no one was just uh, mm-hmm. after the covid booster clock in clock out yeah clock in. Code Booster 2023, 2022. And um, I, I guess if I was single, I might go with the werewolf because I do like them better. Really? Wow. Yeah. And and just like move to Washington, D.C. That way when I turn into a werewolf, it, n- nobody of use is getting killed. Well, you're Bigfoot at that point. Yeah, I'd just, just be be close to the to the capital, you know, eat up some of these use, useless people. <laughs> then you get sick. Yeah, yeah really. All, all the adrenal chrome that they consume would would make me sick, and I would die anyways. Right? Yeah, you hear that howling? It's a stomach. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely vampire. I'd be the werewolf with um, Alzheimer's and dementia. I'd get you. I'd bring you back. Oh, I wonder how that would work. So I'm a werewolf, and then the vampire bites me. What happens? I'm a then wham you're a wolf? cool, sexy vampire werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so well, this week is on vampires. So I found an article. There's real vampires out there. Well, they think they are anyways. Right. So it's like uh, 365 days of cosplay. So the one I looked up was in New Orleans. And I uh, found an article. Uh, Texas State University professor Joseph Laylock. The idea of vampire-like creatures feasting on human blood has been around for centuries and first gained foothold in Eastern Europe, according to Joseph. And while vampire folklore isn't really new, the word vampire is. So the first instance that we have of the word vampire in English is actually from the 1700s, and it's describing merchants engaging in price gouging. <laughs> Go figure. So even suckers. Yeah, even that's not that not that old. Right. Of course, we get the modern day from Bela Lugosi movie, and then my favorite. Do you have a favorite vampire? Not really. Mine's Count Chocula. I like that one. Okay. Yeah, he's fun. Remember him from a kid. So, Maven Lore. This guy is in New Orleans. So, something just came to the surface and everything felt right for once in my life, he said. I had this notion that there was more to being a vampire than just pointy teeth. So, now this, he's talking about after he got fitted for his first set of vampire teeth. He had some custom made. Yeah. So he didn't know what to call the feeling at the time or that it would lead him from New York to New Orleans. But he knows now that it was an awakening, his first taste of life as a vampire. So he ended up moving to New Orleans and now he 
reluctantly accepted the role of king of the Big Easy's vampire court. And I was like, vampire court? You know, I'm That's like, cool. yeah, what's that? So I clicked on that to see uh, just like a group of 12 people floating around in a hot tub. That's basically it. I thought it was going to be like some kind of structure. Yeah. You know, no. no. They're just like a couple of ladies forgot to put their tops on and then um, oh, geez. Okay. 10 out of shape males you know (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so that's basically the vampire court that's what it consists of i looked up other ones like is there any in dallas and there is uh dallas los angeles new york you know all different but none of them are really a um you know when you think of court it'd be i think it's something like official Mm -hmm. but i think it's just like a court of you know people you know getting together dressing up like vampires putting on their contacts and pointy teeth you know it it makes me wonder how do you dress up as a vampire well the ones in new york they had like the cloaks and and they had some some of them had fake colored eyeballs you know and then the pointy teeth i'm thinking lost boys Yeah, yeah 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 okay well yeah and lonely people is what is what this group should be called because <laughs> they're just looking for you know someone to hang out with really just looking for a friend you know you've got a friend in me hey well bite you and i bite me or something yeah I don't know what they just yeah yeah i got you okay so it is it is a an organization to a, it's to a point but it's not really structured like one yeah just a bunch of people hanging out mm-hmm. that's cool yeah kind of it's weird. Well, he's a big deal in Las Vegas or in New Orleans. Okay. Because um, everybody goes to him. They call him, uh, they'll see like posts on Facebook and stuff. Today, our Lord, you know, whatever his name is, did this or something. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> King, you know, okay. The guy that makes teeth, fake teeth for you guys to wear. So, anyways, the vampire court was not that impressive um cnn did an interview and spoke to two giants of their respective communities lore of new orleans and murdicus the co-founder of the atlanta vampire alliance about their lives their joys and the misconceptions about vampirism they'd like to permanently put to rest um so lore he's a graphic designer dj and jeweler and murdicus is an expert in antique furnishings and here uh murdicus uh, I'll put in the notes this article so you can look him up. He's well, that's a different looking individual, sexy, sexy guy, right? Mm-mm. Taking a picture of himself. Well, yeah, he thinks he's mm-hmm. that's just creepy. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, Murdicus was seeking answers from others like him when he joined Vampire Chat Rooms in '96 after noticing for years that he could draw strength from charged situations, which he came to realize later was psychic feeding Mm. so have you ever seen um what we do in the shadows the comedy on hulu okay so it's like he's colin robinson okay he's a psychic vampire the bald one yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so anyways lore found those connections with this group that he started in uh, new orleans i keep wanting to say las vegas uh so 24 years ago days before halloween and he's lived there ever since and now they're family. So he's eked out a role in the NOLA vampire scene, I guess, New Orleans. 
they call it NOLA. Aside from his fangsmith business, so he makes fangs, he's also a mentor to young vampires. What a, that is nice. Give him back. A role he stumbled into by accident, but accepts nonetheless. He resists being called a keeper of the peace between vampires in the area, although he's known to regularly counsel and resolve arguments among members. Which, wow. what would that be? Yeah, I don't know. Whose teeth are bigger? <laughs> who should have bit who? I don't know. Who's sucking on whose cat, dog? I wore the jacket first. <laughs> <laughs> That's my cloak. That's you know? my turn to wear the contacts for this color. <laughs> yeah, for, for real. <laughs> so now Murdicus works to educate people that vampirism is an amalgamation of physical, mental, and spiritual attributes, and vampires are largely productive members in society. So he said he doesn't wear fangs or goth clothes, and Lore describes his nighttime style as a cross between snazzy suit wear and 80s rock and roll. <laughs> so what about you? You had an interesting story when I was like, hey, there's this guy in Los or in New Orleans. I don't know why I'm all up with the I think that's why people just say Nola now, because they just Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, that's probably. So I was like, there's this guy in Nola and he is a vampire. And you're like, did you meet him or this guy? No. When you went there? I didn't. No, I didn't meet him. This is, this is the first I've heard of this guy. Actually, we did, there's several vampire tours that you can do in ghost tours rather in, uh, in New Orleans, in the French quarter, we did a tour there and they took us to the home of the vampire that lived in New Orleans. Okay. That's where we went. We didn't get to go inside, but we did the tour. We stood outside of it and they were read, told the stories about it and whatnot and that type of deal. Now I think they're opening it up, this house for tours, but it's been completely renovated. Beautiful, beautiful home. It was on the market for, I think, $2 million. Oh, wow. One point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, basically, we did that. We went through the whole thing. Um, we got to the point in the tour where he's telling us about this guy who uh, started off in France. Uh, let's see. I think it was in the 18th century that he was there. And uh, he was basically had this luxurious lifestyle you know parties everybody loved him Mm -hmm. suave sexy cool new languages stayed young you know kind of kind of a cool cat around there and then he i guess at this point this guy's name is uh they refer to him as the uh the comte de saint germain germain comte count uh, fast forward, this guy's name and, st- and everything is on the manifest on the ship coming on to New Orleans. So fast forward into uh, 1902, this guy pops up, buys his house that was made in 1900. Um, it's at 1041 Royal Street. That's an actual place. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And um, moves into this house. So it's fairly new. It's two years old when he moves into it. And this guy's name is Jacques Saint-German. He said he's an actual descendant of the Comte from France. But he looked just like him. Mm. 
And as time went on, this guy is very popular. Thursday, I think it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday type thing or long weekends. It was party, 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 party at his house. So everybody loved this guy. All the uh, dignitaries, politicians, whoever, police force would all hang out. You were welcome. You could eat, hang out, do whatever you want to do there, you know, to your heart's desire. You just couldn't touch his wine. That was the only rule he had. You couldn't touch his wine. So now we're back at the early 1900s, and people have noticed that stories are very similar from that guy to this guy. So they start, I guess, putting two and two together and trying to wonder, like, kind of what's going on with this whole deal. And it was what got a lot of people's interest is because some of the stories that he told and he joked about was that he lived forever. And he told some stories in such detail, even back from the days of Christ, that were so detailed, like as if he was there. And in certain chambers, in certain areas, he said it. Now, could he have been a wonderful storyteller? Possibly. But he said it as if when we were there, as I saw this, and put himself there, which made everybody basically a believer of this guy. And everybody was jumping onto that. And so he he basically claimed that he was hundreds of years old and um, he was always there. So the story goes, he says uh, he's there having their thing. One night, a prostitute, I guess, jumps off the top gallery. We'll call him a balcony, but it's like a gallery. Jumps off, lands, breaks her leg. Screaming for help, they take her to the hospital. She said, he came at me with such speed and to try to bite me in my neck or the face somewhere in that area. And I pushed away and ran, fell off the balcony. There's still a broken brick up there, I guess, where she had pushed off or did something, allegedly, fell, broke her leg. So the police is like, not Jacques. Come on. This guy's, everybody loves Jacques. Let's go check it out. So they went over to check things out. By the time they got there, the entire mansion was empty. There's no way he could have moved out out of 4,000 square foot plus home in hours. Left a few tablecloths behind, but the, of course, while they're going through the house looking for him, they find in the, in the uh, kitchen area his bottles of wine. So what do these cops do? Hey, well, he never lets us drink. It's, it's here. So they went to drink it, and it was coagulated blood. And they spit it out and thought, what the heck? So it was kind of started the whole thing of who is this guy? Where did he come from? <laughs> you know, yeah. not the cool rider guy. Where can I get one? But mm-hmm. everybody started getting kind of freaked out about him. So they, they said that at that point they had him on a manifest from there uh, to the West Coast somewhere. So the story that the gentleman there told us that they probably think he's somewhere like in Hollywood now. And if you look this guy up, you can look up uh, Jacques Saint German and see the similarities of some people in the 70s and see how they favor each other. But the guy there, both 40s, very young looking, uh, knew multiple six, seven languages, uh, very charming, witty, great host, but had a thirst for other things. 
And so seeing that house was, was kind of cool. We were hoping to get to go in it, but at that time it wasn't open for that. The gentleman that bought it, I believe, was in Baton Rouge, and he's like, I didn't know this was this famous and whatnot. So oh. he put some money in it, renovated it. Now they're opening it for tours, but it's all modernized now. The movie was in, the, the actual house was used in a movie called Focus with uh, Will Smith and Margot Robbie. You know, the scam artist, uh, the con artist they're doing uh, there in New Orleans. They got Will Smith standing on the on a balcony, a gallery up top, oh. looking down at her, doing her thing. Is it good? Good movie. Yeah. And uh, so it's, that's the house they're standing there on Royal Street. Hmm. So the story goes, to fast forward all that, is that, that he was a vampire called from France to New Orleans to now we don't know where. So... Think about it. Somebody who doesn't age, knows languages, very skilled, mm-hmm. charming. That could be a lot of different. Oh yeah, people. So. Yeah, and they and on this, it's not just like oh, it's just a story. But they have like ship manifest with yes. this guy. Then they have documents that this guy purchased a house. Mm-hmm. Then they got photographs of yes. what he looks like and how he looks similar to different people throughout history in the past and in the future up until like the 70s or 80s was the last picture that they had of comparing him to somebody and the last one even if it's not the very last person that they're comparing him to um that you can remember what was the uh occupation of that person that looked actor oh okay like in movies or stage or what yeah movies Huh, and it's Jacques Saint Germain. Uh, Jacques. Jacques. Uh-huh. We, can, I'll give you the links soon. You put it in there for our listeners. Oh yeah, you can check it out. But it's it's interesting because I found different versions of the same story that guy told us, but it was a little different. But I leaned more towards what our tour guide told us uh-huh. because he had a degree in history. In order to be part of the tour, he wasn't there to scare you. He was there to educate you. So he said, I won't tell you anything I found on Wikipedia or these are counts. This is stuff that's in. He found, even they're in, verified. Uh, our city uh, archives in NOLA. And, uh, it's all confirmed. Like mm-hmm. you said, the purchase of the home, his photos, the manifest, the injury of this lady. You know, it, there's lots and lots of stories that go with it. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. I'd like to go back and go in the house. And they're going to open the house up? It is open now. Oh, okay. Now it is. It looks like a a modern, redone home. How long was that tour? I don't know how long it is. I just No, I mean the one you went on. Oh, the one I went on. I'm sorry. It was uh, maybe two and a half hours. And it was just like, we're going to take you to all the different historical sites. And that just happened to be one of them that they spent a few minutes on. Then off to the next one. Exactly. And that one, we stayed there quite a while because it was so much to talk about it. Um, we also did the, the Lori home and some of the place that tragedy that occurred there and uh, a lot of interesting facts about it. But this one got my attention because there were so many unanswered questions. Oh, yeah. You had people who were doing brutal murders and doing all kinds of bad things. And it was just it was kind of weird because this one left a lot of unanswered questions. So it always kind of stayed in my memory of I want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. You know? So do you think like. um Okay, let's say this guy, we, we know he was a real person. Now, if you were to theorize like he is just like a thousand years old or something, is he getting like a fresh body or is it the same body and he's just inhabiting it? What do you think? Like, what's your theory? 
Oh, you know, I think he's getting a fresh body. Fresh body, and then it, and then that body, uh, he, be, he, it will look like him, yes. even if physically it doesn't. But a he inhabits it. Mm-hmm. Then he, he can, kind of, um, project that look to everybody. That's what everybody sees. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Exactly, because I don't think he's got the. You know, like a clone machine, or yeah, the fountain of youth, right? I because it's going to deteriorate. So I think, he mm-hmm. had, like you said, he, he'd get a fresh body, or whatever he's doing to keep him. And the spirit would project that out, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. See, that's what I would think. Something like that. Like I, I don't think that's weird, um, to possibly be true. Yeah. I, if exactly. you're talking about spiritual beings, fallen angels. We've definitely. dealt with people who were possessed and the demon will push through the face so hard that it even changes what Their they face. look like. So that's not far-fetched mm-hmm. at, at all in my belief. So this guy, where he is, and the thing is, he bragged a little bit about that. And that's all he'd say. He would just tell stories. But like this guy and these other groups, he never came out and said, I am a empire. Yeah. He just... I've been around. Mm-hmm. I've been, he was there more to enjoy the moment. Yeah. I, I just kind of, kind of like a big, you know, playboy type, you know, guy. I, I don't know. Yeah. And then there, there, there is elite people or, you know, if you want to call them a parasite class is what I call them. Yeah. Um, that like the king, Prince Charles, is it? And he became the king. He, he traces his lineage back to, um, uh, where is it in, uh, Germany or what, what? What's the m- real famous place where ba- Nosferatu? Transylvania. Yeah, back to Trans- Transylvania and through Count Dracula's line or something. I'm like, why? Why would you brag about that? And why would you even want to do that? Yeah, you know. So there's something weird there, just in that story. And, and that's a whole different deal with yeah, yeah, yeah. Dracula uh-huh. going through that and you know the dragon and whatever. But yeah, even just the vampire alone. You know, it's, it's it's kind of a hard subject to follow because there's so many versions of things, mm-hmm. and then you've got people like this guy that yeah, pretend says, vampire. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. Well, if you guys know, have any vampire stories, or if your neighbor's a vampire, you know, email us at podcast thirteen like <laughs> gmail dot com. We can take them in the heart some evening. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But anyways, <laughs> like, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Spotify. And until next time. <laughs>